Good morning. If you're on the West Coast, good afternoon. If you're on the East Coast, Grant Cohn, Coach Noah Johnson here. Been a couple of weeks since I've done a show with Coach. Uh, the title of the show is What's Going to Make or Break the 49ers this year. We're going to talk about the X Factor, the position that's going to determine how good they really are. But first, we haven't done a show since the news about Debo came out. Debo has not rescinded his trade request. Coach, uh, how do you interpret that news? I think he's he's just keeping his leverage, right? Like, so he's his contract isn't it's it's not done yet. So why would you rescind that? You want to keep as much leverage as you can because he doesn't have that much, I think, in this in this scenario, right? They they have control over his rights, so he's got to keep what leverage he can. And that trade request is the it's the leverage that he's got. So my question is, did he need to do this to have leverage? I mean, he just went to an all he just had an all pro season. I mean, AJ Brown just kind of set the market. Why would the 49ers offer him less than the Eagles offered AJ Brown? I mean, was this necessary? Does this help? Uh, I think, I mean, mean, to be honest, I think the Niners are like, whatever. Like, I think they they pretty much, they, they pretty much just ignored the trade request, right? Like they, I guess they fielded, they fielded offers, like, unless, unless you blew them away, they weren't even considered like offers that nobody would, nobody would even, offer them that that those are the offers that they were like they wanted what two first round picks which nobody was interested in giving so um they didn't even feel they didn't really field any realistic trade offers by all by all accounts yeah so what is Debo gonna do here I mean he showed up to minicamp I think that was more about not getting fined than softening his stance or or anything changing I just didn't want to get fined so that means he probably won't hold out from training camp because you would get, five, I think, $50,000 a day in training camp. So he won't yeah. do that. Um, but if the not, I mean, is there, he's just making it seem like he's so upset. And this is DEFCON 4. Is there any way that the Niners come in a little bit below what he wants? And he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to play out my contract. And if you want to uh, give me a fully guaranteed, you know, uh, franchise tag, then so be it. Probably not. No, not the way, not the way Debo's lifestyle is like, he's, (laughs) he's going to want that cash now. I mean, and most people, and honestly, even that lifestyle aside, like most, most players are going to want the the cash now. They're not going to want to take the risk of just playing, playing. That's why this feels like a stupid drama to me. Like we all know what the money, we all know exactly what he's getting. He's going to get the AJ Brown contract. And like, so this uh, trade requests and all this drama, it's like, we know pretty much down to the sent what he's gonna get so what's the big deal anyway and we all know why and we i think we all know why he's not getting it right now because there's another guy on the on their roster right now that's taking up the cap room for the that the niners are very much like we have a precedent we do these things at the end of the we don't want to break our precedent for you this is a july deal be patient but i mean that's probably, but that's probably what they've told them. But they couldn't even do it if they, even if they wanted to, right? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> well, I think it's okay because the Browns are going to trade three first round picks for Jimmy Garoppolo any day now. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking about that. Like I've been saying, you know, the Browns really seem like the likely trade partner for Jimmy Garoppolo because they're in such a tough spot. I can't imagine a worse pairing than Jimmy Garoppolo and Amari Cooper. And if you don't believe me, call up Brandon Ayuk, who's quite similar to Amari Cooper. I mean, geez, you're going to ask Amari Cooper to be Debo? Amari's going to be hurt. Can't play. What, that. 
What if what if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to like the Browns and they just start tucking it downfield and then ah! <laughs> he has five completions and five picks on throws over thirty yards in his career? I'll believe it when I see it. He's not, he can't even do it in practice. Right? No, I, believe, this, I, I like you though. But I like what you're saying. Like this is fantasy that Jimmy's gonna leave. Not fantasy, but hey, what if he goes and tears it up somewhere else? I'd freaking love to see it because I think he, that he's had the best situation he could have the last three years. Kittle, Debo, the Yak brothers, the running game, the defense. Like, what more is it? What is the next team going to give him that the Niners didn't give him? I'd love to see him on his next. Yeah, team. it's going to be like it's going to be it's going to be really interesting, right? When he if he does like for instance, if he goes to Cleveland, and I I was watching you and Krug talk yesterday, um, and it was really interesting when you guys were talking about how Trey Lance was going to get treated, and that's exactly how I thought. Like, it's going to be really difficult for him because he's going to the people that don't like Trey Lance are going to be like. Are going to judge him so harshly. You're going to be like, oh, like he's not going to be able to do anything right. And then the people Even that the watch passes won't. It'd be like, well, he, the guy had to stop, or or it was a wobble. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the people that love Trey Lance are like, are going to be all over it and be like, oh wow, did you see this? You see that? So it's also be- making excuses for him. Yeah, making excuses yeah. and okay. blaming others. But then on on so now you're going to have the the Jimmy G people that if he goes to if he goes to the Browns. And stinks it up. They're gonna be like, oh well, it's Cleveland. Like they're a terrible organization. Like of course it's not his fault. Like if you if you put him on a real organization like the 49ers, then he'll he'll tear it up. Look look, he went to Super Bowl, almost went to another one. Like right. So yeah, he'll tear it up, but not win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I does this whole Debo drama feels like a non-story that we covered very closely because Debo like ratcheted up the tension a little bit, but. I still think he's going to get pretty much exactly the AJ Brown contract and none of this was necessary, but I guess we made, you know, gave us stuff to talk about. We made money. So that's great. Thanks. Yeah. Debo. Put it that way. He, yeah. you out. Yeah, he did. He did. All right. Let's move on and talk about the topic of the show, the position group that will determine the 49ers success in 2022. If you don't mind, I'll go first. I'm not going to make a big thing about it, but I feel like this season is all about the quarterback position. Niners haven't said who it's going to be. They're making a transition. It's probably going to be Lance. He hasn't had an experience. And everyone's talking about pretty much, you know, it's it, the team's going to go how Lance goes. Probably. But I don't know about you. I'm pretty optimistic about Lance. I've seen him practice a lot. We've seen some glimpses. He looks good. He's very talented. My question, really, and I feel like the people who think this team's going to be really good uh, believe in this one position group on this team. And the, and the people that are kind of down on the team, like me, are really skeptical of this one position group, and it's a big question mark. Uh, the offensive line, to me, is going to determine how good this team is. We know it's they've got an elite defense. Every freaking year they have an elite defense. They can run block. I think Trey Lance is going to be a, an improvement at quarterback. I wonder if they've downgraded at, at offensive line um, so much so that this is going to be a big problem. Because in 2020, to me, the issue was the offensive line. They led the league in quarterback hits allowed. Last year, they cut it in half. The offensive line had three pro bowlers. Three of the guys on that team, on that offensive line, were good. And the other two were decent. I don't know. Like, what, what is this offensive line this year? Is it back to total uncertainty? And if it is, I think that that really can ruin a whole team. Do I, think. I, I would generally agree with that. But I, I'm just going to say – I'm going to say the quarterback just because – the quarterback – because look, look what happens in the, in the past. When the, when the, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, when Jimmy Garoppolo plays the 49ers 10 – and, and that's Jimmy, who, who we all uh, or most of yeah. us have um, a lot of reservations about. But when he played, yeah. 
they they actually had they actually did well when this back when backups played they did not so i think and this is throughout the league i mean ultimate you know your quarterback generally can determine your success now could, could could patrick mahomes be on i don't know the the most garbage team and go to the super bowl no but he would make them a lot better right like You're right I just have a lot of maybe too much, but I have a lot of confidence in Lance. I feel like he's definitely an upgrade over Jimmy. Um, And I, and I based that on what watching a couple games and some practice. I understand it's a stretch and he's an unknown too, but I do feel more confident in him than I feel in Aaron Banks or Jake Brendel or Mike McGlinchey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that to me, I think the the value of of a good quarterback of a good quarterback is like two to, no doubt, like two to three players, right? So it's like, so I agree. If if, if he's that guy, right? It's like he's. It's almost like you're adding a you're you're adding a guard. Like there's not a a, a guard per se there, but it's like you're upgrading a guard because your quarterback is better, right? And I, again, that he might be a downgrade. I just feel like he's going to be better. I almost feel like I I know what to expect. Maybe that's crazy because we don't. I just feel like yeah, he's going to be pretty I feel good. Like it is. I feel like it is too. I mean, and and so I think the. Yeah, I think what what, and I also think that I think at worst he's the same as Jimmy as Jimmy Garoppolo, and at worst, if, yeah. And if yeah. at worst he's the same as Jimmy Garoppolo, and the team is equal to what it was last year, then they should be in the same. Yeah, I mean, but like the, the the eleven on eleven run game, he adds like the run game has to be better, unless the offensive line is just total trash. And I don't know that it's going to be total trash. Although I, it's really hard to to know what to expect with that left guard and that center. Those two guys, I don't. Even, I mean, wow. No. The idea. one thing you say, you, you, I think you can say with the Niners line is that even when guys get hurt and they replace guys, they tend to still be able to run the that ball. That's true. Like their backups true. can still run the ball. Like so, I would expect them to still have a strong run game. The the question would be, is pass pro right? Which they're questionable. Some of those guys are even questionable when the starters do play, right? Like, I mean, obviously Trent Williams, it's. He's, he's a man on his own. Um, but some of those other guys, I think there's a lot of questions about. Like, Look, I mean, McGlinchey, the question with him is like, can he re- recover and be what he used to be? Because a lot of people felt he was good enough. Maybe he was. I mean, not for a top 10 pick, but maybe he was a good enough starting right tackle. We got I, – I really have questions about Banks and Brendel. Like, is yeah. Banks – Josh Garnett, you know, is he's one of these guys that's like, wow, you can't play. We have no idea what to expect from right. him. And the fact that he was uh, inactive all the last year makes me wonder, like, I guess we'll see. And Brendel, too. Like, are these guys even starting caliber? Because Brunskill is. You can get – Brunskill is a solid – solid as a stretch. He's a decent starting guard. Is Banks – or is he a liability? Is Brendel a liability? Because they didn't have any liabilities last year. Compton was terrible in pass protection. Really bad. But he was a hell of a run blocker. And he was the only really, really bad pass protector on the team. So they could, he was terrible, though. So if, bad. I know what's going to happen. If, 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 uh, if, if, what's his, if Banks ends up being good, like you're, you're going to be like, why the hell didn't he play last year? Like, like this guy, he couldn't be, on, he couldn't be active. Like, real quick, I, what do you think he's going to end up being good or not? Gut feeling, given we haven't seen it. I'm going to say, okay i'm gonna say he's gonna be okay 
Well, I think actually, he's gonna, I think he's me, gonna be the weakest link on the team on the offense. I think yeah, he's gonna be the weakest. You know what? Here's here's what may what oh, may happen is they're gonna they're gonna let him they're gonna let him play because he they drafted him in second round, and then he's gonna have to play his way out of it and get supplanted by one of those other guys. He's gonna get my here's my prediction. He's gonna get the trace Herman treatment from last year. He's gonna get all the reps with the first team, preseason training camp. They're gonna get real long look at him, and then week one surprise. It's Cole McKivitz or something. You know what I mean? It's someone else. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. They're going to give him all the reps, though, and give him a very, very, you know, give him a red carpet to take this job. I don't know if he'll take it. We'll see. We'll see. You'll be there to, you'll be there to find out. Brandon Turner says, will this offensive line keep Lance healthy enough this year to get through the season? I mean, that's, to me, the question. That is the question. I'm, he got hurt twice last year. Once was in the pocket. Now that was in the preseason playing behind guys who were not in the league. Um but again, 2020, a lot of people felt that was all Nick Mullins' fault. Maybe, but the Niners also led the league in quarterback hits that year. They went through three quarterbacks. If that happens again, I mean, they're screwed. So a big reason they were better last year is they didn't – Jimmy didn't get hit as much. Right. He did get hurt. He did get hurt, though. I mean, going from – he did. Going from Ben Garler, Hronis Grasu to Alex Mack was a big deal. Mack gave up one sack last year, I think. Just saying. Yeah. All right, uh, go ahead. No, I just gonna say I do have a lot of questions about that center position. I mean, it's it's been so imperative in the past, and now you're going with Jake Brendel. You know. So I was looking up some stats. Alex Mack gave up one sack in like five, almost 600 pass blocking snaps last year. Excellent, but usually centers aren't going one off, like aren't getting singled up in pass pass pro anyway. But Brendel, 2018, last time he played, 85 pass blocking snaps, two sacks allowed. This was four years ago, but boy, I hope Chris Forrester's right on this one, man. I mean, I don't really care, actually. I, I'm lying. You hope he's wrong because you want to be right. Okay, let's <laughs> let's move on. We talked about the offensive line in general. To me, the big loss for this team, for this offense is Lakin Thomas. This looks like, it like a movie losing losing Lakin. Losing Lakin. Losing yeah. Lakin. Because, look, he's not the greatest guard in the world, but he's a good starting guard. And he's the one player on this team, on this offense, that was pretty much in the lineup every single play the last five, six years. He's been here since week two of 2017. You know, they've they've had multi, they've had lots of different left tackles, centers, right guards, right tackles. They've had Lakin Tomlinson at left guard. And for whatever reason, the team always gives him the best offensive lineman on the team award every year. Him. Um, I think that's a little much, but he was a constant. He's gone, and now they're going to hopefully Aaron Banks or someone who hasn't proven it before. Uh, this loss in particular, going from the ultimate rock and consistent player to the ultimate question mark, is it, I mean, I guess if the guy proves he's good, week one is no big deal, right? Whoever the guy is. Yeah, I so I think sometimes you don't you don't realize how good offensive linemen are until they're gone or, or mm-hmm. injured, right? That's when you right. that's when you're like, oh wow, this guy was pretty good because yeah. Um, you, then the, the sacks start coming. You can't move people in the run game. Mm-hmm. You end up you, you don't really see you don't see some of the things that offensive linemen do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always as, as apparent as Trent Williams highlights, right? Um, but so this might be a case where whether it be uh, Aaron Banks or whoever steps into that position might just might not be able to play up to the level of Lincoln Thompson. He did 
did make the Pro Bowl this year, right? Was Pro Bowl was they were pure Pro Bowl? I believe so. Yes, and the thing is, like, I guess you could say I, I don't. Feel, I feel like Kyle hasn't really. Um, he also was a first round pick, right? He was a first was. round pick. I mean, yes, that's not easy as a like no. if you're a guard and you're a first round pick. That's saying something as as far as your ability, right? Because for you to be a guard and picked in the first round means you have to have some kind of talent, to, right? So um, now, do we? Is he probably an all a Hall of Fame level guard? No. Probably no, but I think there's he, he does he did have a certain level level of level of athletic ability uh, that warranted of being a first round pick, um, and I think you kind of saw that in his play, like right, like he could he 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 seemed he could handle people one on one. The problem is when they start throwing stunts and things like that, like yeah. that at him. So. If he saw, if he knew what was coming at him, he could handle it, right? But only the, I think some of the mental stuff, maybe he couldn't when he couldn't see a stunt coming, then he had he had issues. But I think as far as like ability, he can he can handle guys. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like in the last five years, they were very much a perimeter oriented run game. So maybe his run blocking contributions weren't as pronounced because it was all about Kittle and McGlinchey and Trent Williams and Joe Staley and the, and the edge guys use check. This year, though, it seems like they're probably going to be doing more shotgun zone read stuff, and that's a lot of, like, combo blocks with the center and the guard. And, I mean, geez, and you could use someone like Lakin Tomlinson for that. And you know you know that the Niners really valued him highly because Niners uh, East, Niners Northeast, the Jets just gave him $10 million a year, and those guys were all in the Niners organization. I'm sure the Niners agreed that he's that good. I just – they don't have the budget for it. Um, right. So they're going from someone who was clearly an impact player, someone that they valued to, to a total question mark. Maybe Aaron Banks is the truth. But as you pointed out, that's a late second round pick that people were like, wow, that's a reach even there, as opposed to uh, like who was the first round pick. Right. Yeah. yeah it's um, I, my, my question, I guess it's like, cause there's, they have a lot of, I, I would think for a team that you consider as contending or contender, they have, quite a bit of holes or new players that they're fitting in there. And my question would just be like, are all of those going to work out? Like, you know, like what are right. the odds that all of them, you're going to yeah. nail all of Shouldn't them. Shouldn't you be counting on like maybe a 50% hit rate or something around that? Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I think there's five. Right, maybe Jake Brendel's great and Aaron Banks isn't or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. But in the, on the offensive line, if, if you don't, if Jake Brendel's, it's terrible, but Aaron Banks is okay. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> I just want to point out that the Niners were um, credited for giving up uh, 33 sacks last year. And according to Sys Data Hub, Lakin Tomlinson was responsible for two of them. I think it was probably his best season in the league, probably why he got paid so much. I always am curious how they attribute sacks. And I know quarterbacks are attributed responsibility sometimes as well, but just – Pointing out that the Niners are going from someone who was as solid as could be last year to, I mean, Aaron Banks could be the kind of guy who gives up 11 sacks. Who yeah. knows? Tom Compton did that last year in less than 300 pass blocking snaps. That's why I feel a little justified in saying that in all the stuff that I said about Tom Compton in, in uh, training camp because I was just looking at pass protection. He was that bad in pass protection. Like, damn. Yeah. Damn. And, and the thing you have to consider with the Niners is the Niners, the Niners are always in the bottom in terms of how, in terms, in terms of pass attempts in the, in, in the league. So like 33 sacks or 33 sacks on the Niners is not the same as 33 sacks on the chiefs because the chiefs are throwing the ball more. So when you, uh, when you look at it from that perspective, um, it's actually 
a bigger number. Um, guy asks who the remaining free agents. Uh, looking, JC Treader still available. Center, center. They, they could get I think him. Some, I think there's some guard. Isn't the I think the guard from the Giants. Uh, I can't remember his name. I think he's he's out there. There are some. I think Julio Jones. Who? Julio Jones, Nate Solder at guard, Landon Collins, Jason Pierre-Paul. Oh, okay. You're talking about overall. I'm just looking at people. Yeah. Will Fuller still available? Okay. So bonus, bonus topic since we're talking about this, or if the Niners did sign the sign a free agent, where do you think, like what position? Dama can sue. (laughs) Serious. That's probably. Dama can sue. How about that? Nose tackle. I'm just saying. Yeah, it does. It does fit them, right? Like sign, no, another, sign another defensive lineman. Isn't that? Yeah, they. Kyle said he wants 18, right? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Isn't that who Javon Kinlaw supposed to be? Dominicasu. Bring in Dominicasu. He's 35. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. He well, he won't come here though. I don't and think. and Jason Pierre-Paul. Sign a tax-free state. Yeah, Jason Pierre-Paul. Why not? Yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul. Do it. Play for Chris Kasarik. Dominicasu. Sign them. Sign them on. Sign. Sign him on 4th of July. Do you remember those uh, jackass videos where Bam Margera would like hit his head as hard as he could on the, on the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was funny. I've been going back and watching a lot of the, the CKY videos because there's the new jackass one and Bam's not in it. And they kind of just wrote Bam out of the whole history. Yeah. But when I was a kid, I kind of thought, I mean, that was the first exposure to jackass I had was Bam beating up his dad. And then I, and then I fell in love with, with Pontius and, but I mean, the first it was like, oh my God, who is this rock star who just he's famous because he skateboards and hits his yeah. dad, and his dad thinks it's funny? Wow, I gotta watch I this all the time. I love Wild Boys. Like Wild Boys was, my, was like one of my favorites. Evo and Pontius. Yeah, it was yeah. like Evo the band was not that funny. He, no, not me. <laughs> just like the stuff that what, what they would do, like dress up, dress up in a zebra costume and just run around the African savanna, like attacked by lions. Like who does that? Yo, the reason that t- that show took off is because of Bam, in my opinion. But I mean, he wasn't the best person on that show, but he was the star at the beginning. I don't know why, because he's probably the best skateboarder. His style on the skateboarding. Yeah, Niners. If you're if you're listening, maybe maybe the new position group name could be Wild Boys. Wild Boys. All right. Isn't that a song by Duran Duran? Also, just saying. Okay, I moving know, on. I did. I did realize that that uh, that that topic down there, losing Lakin, sounds like a movie name. But then the guy that we were talking about before was Chris Forrester, Finding Forrester. Losing Lakin, Finding Forrester. Oh, that's great. That was a good movie, by the way. Sean Connery. Buster Rhymes in the movie. Buster yeah. Rhymes. Shout out to the late Sean Connery. He died. I'm pretty sure he died. I'm pretty sure he, he died. Okay. Yeah, shout out to the late Sean Connery. Let's move on. In the same theme, though, the theme of pass protection de- 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 defining how far this team goes, part of pass protection is the quarterback. You know, how quickly you get the ball out. How well do you avoid pressure? When pressure's on you, what do you do? And there's a small sample size from Trey Lance, but I looked this up. Just in terms like sack percentage, sacks per, uh, sack percentage per dropback. Garoppolo was 6.2. Lance was 5.3. So right away, he got sacked less. And then I looked into it, like sacks per pressure. When you're under pressure, what happens? Right. Garoppolo got sacked 32% of the time. Uh, Lance got sacked 21% of the time. So I think it's just demonstrable that he's going to avoid more sacks, obviously, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, it just takes one hit to cause an injury and have him 
be out for a while, but I do think that we're going to see one of the, the best qualities of Lance. And one of the things that shows right away is how he can make good things happen, even under pressure. Yeah, you, you can, you can, those are great stats, but you could actually, you can see it in the game. It does play out. You see, you'd see on those games that he played there. I mean, and it's not um, just escaping outside the pocket. It's the little sides. It's a little sidestep in the, in the pocket mm-hmm. to avoid the rusher at your, at your feet and still keeping your eyes downfield. Yep. Um, you know, like you've he actually did it. He actually has done it in college. Right. Um, a couple of times he's shaken, he's avoided, but then he's, he's actually shaken off defenders and still been able to keep his eyes down the field and find targets. So these are things that like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers do. Yeah. I, th- I think I mean? the other thing we haven't, we haven't seen, and I think it, it'll show up eventually is um, his, his lower, his, his lower power, his power in his, his legs, and he's got ability to shake off defenders. So I think there's going to be some, there's going to be times where he doesn't see, where he doesn't see a DB blitzing or something, and he's going to be able to shake that off and still get the ball downfield. If you remember early young Ben Roethlisberger, he did a lot of that. He yeah. was big. He was pretty quick for his size, and he was stiff arm pass rushers, and he would extend plays, and that's how he got a lot of his big plays. I think Lance can do a lot of that. I think he's probably as big as young Roethlisberger, as strong as young Roethlisberger. And what intrigues me the most is of those sized quarterbacks, I think he's the quickest one I've ever seen. You know what I mean? I mean, he's big dude, but he's really quick. I mean, he's quick, not like Lamar Jackson, but I mean, he's damn quick. He's quicker than Colin Kaepernick was. I like it. He's a good athlete. Quick, not fat, not fast. Like, 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 for example, his longest run last season, do you know what it was? Uh, 10 yards, maybe? 15 yards. So we haven't seen him, you know, pull away. Right. But we've seen him make a lot of people miss in pocket, yeah. you know? And but that's like the opposite of Kaepernick. You've seen him pull away in practice, though. Yes. But he hasn't done it in a game yet. No, he hasn't, but he's only – how many games has he – how many games has he played, I though? Think so, like – as we get a as we get a larger sample size with this with this kid, like that's why it's so hard to determine, like with with him, because especially as somebody who's not there in practice, so like we only have the sample size of the couple games, right? So, and ultimately, games and games are what matter anyway. So, like I don't, know, I think we got to see a lot. Uh, there's got to be a larger sample size to say anything definitive. If the pass protection holds up and is good enough. I mean, the combination of the run game and Lance's ability to avoid pressure, really, the Niners have the ability to be a dominant elite team. I really think they have the ability to win the Super Bowl this year, which is, again, why I felt like they should have been more aggressive this offseason. Um, I think maybe I'm more – I picked them to win nine games this year. But, again, I'm mostly down on their offensive line. If Brendel and Banks are good enough, man, this team could really be the best team in the league It just – it's too bad the Niners didn't go for it a little bit more, but it doesn't mean they can't at the trade deadline. I mean, they still could be that team this year. Yeah, absolutely. Or Lance is way better than than you expected, right? So like, you're you're expecting him to be better than Jimmy Garoppolo, but you're not. You're I probably venture to say you're not expecting him to be like Patrick Mahomes level. But mm-hmm. but if he is, I'm not expecting 50 touchdown passes. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Me, if I think he could be. He could, he could be. I think he could be like a show himself to be a top five, six quarterback without throwing for fifty touchdown passes yeah. because it's just going to be a different, the different, different nature of the offense. Yeah. It'll look, it'll look a lot different. But 
you would still be able to say, hey, this kid is really freaking good. Yeah, know? the efficiency could be off the charts because Correct. he makes good decisions and he has a very good team around him. Right. It could be off the chart. Yeah. You know, he, he might can, be in the bottom of the league in pass attempts, but he might be in the top of the league quarterback rating. Right. The, the Niners yeah. could – because the way the Niners are structured, they could win, they could win a game 45 – 45 to 7, 45 to 14, and he could throw for 210 yards, but it'd just be super efficient because they'll probably they'll be running the ball for 200 yards too. That's kind of the way that's where how Kyle wants to play, and then their defense will you know ball the hell out. Yeah, I'm guessing, or at least the first half of the season, the game plan every week is going to be to throw the ball 20 less than 25 times, fewer than 25. No reason to come in this game and be like, we're going to throw 35 and win because. I mean, Lance didn't even play that way in college. No. You know? I feel like they're going to kind of try to use them the way North Dakota State used them, which was as sort of like um, uh, an addition to the run game. He wasn't – I mean, his arm was not the focal point of their offense in North Dakota State, and it won't be here at first. It could be – and that was – when Mahomes took over, it was like bombs away right away. It's not going to be like that. I don't – they're going to take shots. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of handoffs. It's as it was with Jimmy. Right, it's gonna be it's gonna be super. It's gonna be efficient, right? This idea it's gonna be efficient. It's gonna be explosive. Kyle wants explosive plays, so when he does throw the ball, you know, it, there's gonna be more explosive plays via a vertical passing. And we've seen we they get explosive plays through their receivers right, through Yak, but now you're adding adding the vertical element to that um, play. And then it's gonna be complementary to their to their run game, and that's what Kyle's looking to do. And and the thing with Lance is. And I guess it goes with efficiency is not turning the ball over. So how many, how much more efficient will the offense be with that when you remove some of those turnovers? I want to talk about one more thing that Lance is going to add to this offense, and it's simple, but I think it's important and a big deal because uh, it didn't exist. One of the many things that didn't exist with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, but the return of the scramble kind of sounds like a rap album. The return of the scramble. I mean, I grew up on Steve Young and Jeff Garcia. I just want to throw a stat out there. These are all courtesy of Pro Football Reference, the advanced stats. But last year on scrambles, now there were only 11 from Trey Lance. He didn't play that much. He averaged eight and a half yards of carry, which, I mean, I mean, their, their quarterbacks do more. But Mahomes averaged 8.7 last year. So he's... That's almost a first down, and I think his longest run of the year was 15 yards. I think it's going to probably be – he might be close to 10 yards a carry next year on scrambles. Josh Allen is. That's a big part of Josh Allen's game. I think it's going to be a big part of Trey Lance's game. And well, he'll have to figure out, like, when to scramble to run and when to scramble to throw because his, his uh, instinct is to scramble to throw. And I think he's going to find opportunities to get huge plays with his – legs the way that Josh Allen does and Colin Kaepernick used to. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, and and when you do when you do scramble, you know don't lower your shoulder, go get out of bounds, you know, pick your you, you really you gotta pick your spots when you want to do that. Um and but I think I think you're right, right? Like it's gonna change it changes what you see out there from a defense and then it changes obviously uh, when you break outside the pocket and you're able to scramble, it's kind of it's a backbreaker to the defense because you think you got him, you got him in the coverage, and then you you know the guy runs and he gets he gets eight yards when and and the first down, and it'll as he does that, it'll lessen some of the things like let's talk coverage. Yeah, let's it's talk gonna, coverage. Right. Yep. It, he's gonna you're gonna get l- less two man because yeah. that, because that if you can show yourself scramble. 
Yeah. None. Uh, so, yeah. and then that's going to give you more, more vertical attempts down the field, more, more, more one-on-ones down the field. Um, for like a guy like Jimmy, there's, you would give him two man all, all day. I mean, I don't actually for a guy like Jimmy, I don't know how much two man you would because you're not, he's not throwing deep, deep, deep but, um, or like Rodgers would get a lot of two. Yeah, he's not really going to scramble and beat no. you that way. Brady if, would get a lot of two man, but yes. I, I remember like this played out with Kaepernick. Kaepernick, people didn't really know how to handle him at first, and they, they, I mean, the way the Niners did it with him was, hey, anytime you see man coverage and like your right. first read isn't open, just fucking go because everyone's back is turned, and even there may not be. A quarterback spy. If there is no quarterback spy, it's a touchdown. If there is a quarterback spy, chances are he wasn't as fast as Colin Kaepernick. So what happened was he pretty much got a whole lot of zone coverage when he played. And that was part of the reason he was so effective when he was, is he was seeing a lot of the same coverages. So, I mean, if Lance can make defenses pay when they play man coverage, he's going to see a lot of the same coverages and that's going to help him as a passer when you know what's coming. And and that's some of the things like when they say, when, when they say for a young quarterback, okay, the league figures him out the league because they start to get those, some of those tendencies, they get some of those feels of what he likes and what, and what can we get away with? And when, and then as the defense starts to build the scouting that, report becomes much more sophisticated. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Uh, with Jimmy, it was pretty clear. It was like, you know, flood the middle of the field, force him to throw deeper outside the numbers. Uh, if he, if he, it, it, cause he won't, he'll just continue to force it over the middle and pick it off when you get that right. one or two opportunities a game. That's, that's the, the book on him on trade. Don't know yet. No, not sure yet. It's and that's, that's that's advantage 49ers, at least for now. Yes. So I'm curious to see how much he utilizes a scramble because on third downs, he's probably not going to be as good of a passer as Jimmy right away. I'm not saying he won't be, but he probably won't be. I mean, that was Jimmy's best thing, I guess, third down passing. But if Lance takes the scramble lanes when they're there, they could be a much better third down offense. Right. Because that's a hell of a uh, – I mean, if you're averaging eight and a half yards of scramble, third and six, that's a first down. Yeah, so. especially if you're getting – right, like to what you just alluded to, if you're getting if you're getting better production in the, earlier in the downs, it's going to make third down a lot easier. Like how much, you know, are you getting third and five, third and six versus third and ten, right? Because third and six, third and five, it's a lot easier to scramble for that than third and ten. Well, third – I mean, teams that are in third and ten a lot, to me, are teams that pass too much. Teams that pass on first and second down and just, you know, happen to have one of those series where both were incomplete. The Niners aren't really that kind of a team. I mean, they're usually the team that runs, at least on one of those two downs. Right. Usually they're in third and manageable. Usually, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Probably there's stats. Probably stats saying unless, that. But usually running, unless it's a Super Bowl, then then all bets are off. Just pucking. pucking no. <laughs> I'm talking regular season here. All right. Uh, let's, let's get off the Niners for a second and talk just sports in general, legacy stuff. Since the Warriors won uh, the championship, one big thing that people are talking about them, what makes it so impressive is that it's a homegrown championship. You know, Steph, Clay, Draymond, all drafted by the Warriors. In your opinion, does it make a championship more meaningful when it's quote unquote homegrown? I think a lot of fans see it, see it this way, but I, in what other walk of life does it like do we like dock people for not doing it at home? Like I think it matters in the NFL. No, it, Steve but, Young but, wasn't homegrown. No, it wasn't. But I don't think it's 
I don't think it. I don't think it should matter at all through all sport. I don't because I don't think it should matter in in life, right? Like Grant, if you decided, like I know you you do you you are homegrown, right? You're you know you're working around your area, but if you decided that you're gonna go take your your thing to New York to New York and you had a successful career in New York, like would yeah. people be like, oh well, Grant didn't stay home. He didn't do it at he didn't do it at home. Like right, it's like, true. You know, no, like if. If you live in a different country that don't have the, that doesn't have the same opportunities here in the United States, and you move to the United States, you're like oh, you, you moved to the United States, you cheated, like you know, no, that's stupid, and it's and you would you wouldn't say that. So like when you start talking about players and player and player move and player movement, like let's be honest, like there are certain organizations that are better than other organizations. There are certain cities that are better than other cities. So if you wouldn't dock a person in, in their life for moving and having some movement, why would you do that to a player? Okay. Let's talk about it. So in the, in the NBA, NBA is different because it's a player driven league and these players decide where they want to go. And most of these times, like when a player leaves and, and goes to a new team, it's like usually LA, New York, Miami, you know, big market. And so there's, there are these like the Lakers, a lot of times get these championships, Boston, uh, because they're big market and players want to go there. I think what makes and that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. It's right. Not, that's, not, that's not a problem. But I think when you explain the what makes the Spurs and you know, what makes their dynasty unique, what made the Warriors dynasty unique is that they did not start off as necessary like destinations. Like the Warriors were not at all, but they drafted this three and they became one. And the Spurs, you know, they drafted Duncan Ginobili. Uh, Parker and they became one in a what was originally I mean the Spurs were good for a while but the Warriors were like the Clippers man the Warriors were like the Timberwolves and I think part of Steph's legacy is that he changed that he take like he turned that all around they're worth 10 times more than they worth they were worth when he was drafted so I think it's like a nice a footnote not even a footnote it's a nice addition to their legacy but I wouldn't I, it doesn't necessarily take away from LeBron's legacy that he played for a bunch of different teams. Cause he won on three different teams. That's something yeah. Steph didn't do. Yeah. But I, but I also think you're, you're, there's also a certain level, like the, the, the growth and the meaning of the Bay area is, it is, has grown since the Warriors. Nine. That's true. Crash, right. Right. Like, it's, yeah. like the Bay area is a pretty, in the United States, you're talking about business. It's a pretty important place now. Um, it's true. So it is, like, it's not, and when you want to compare places, like it's not the same as like winning a championship in Milwaukee. <laughs> like, that's true. You, you that's know. True. So I, I you think know, you just—I mean, like the Warriors were trash for about fifteen years or more, and they like—I mean, I think they had the longest streak in in a league where more than half the teams make the playoffs. And I, the Warriors had the longest streak of missing the playoffs consecutively. It was—they were a joke. So, I mean, remember that year? They went to the playoffs. They beat – they had the, the We Believe thing. Baron Davis look. He yeah. left the next year to go to the Clippers. It was embarrassing. And, you know, all of a sudden they started winning their dynasty. Like, that never never could have seen that. They were the most inept franchise. Now, they did have a new owner, and they brought he brought in Andrew Wiggins and Kevin Durant. And there was – it's the Niners. I mean, the Warriors – the Niners. The Warriors are not necessarily a homegrown champions. No one is. Yeah. Yeah. I think you. I think you just said the key word is the is the is the owner, right? Like yeah. ownership makes a big makes a big deal. Like even in even in the NFL, when you've seen these incompetent teams, it's it all kind of starts at the top with with the ownership. Like I, I wouldn't say we've talked about this before. I wouldn't say Jed York is the best owner, but I don't think he's the worst owner. Um, 
you know, there's far more in, I don't think if you have an, I think, I don't think if you have a, a incompetent owner, I don't know that you're going to be winning in any, in any league. True. I just want to say in terms of Steph's legacy, um, he preceded the new owner. Like Steph was like, you want, if, if that, if Lakeup had bought this team for $450 million and Steph wasn't on the team, what would they be right now? Who knows? They might be a good team. They might not. Would they have championships? I don't think so. I think the fact that, I mean, Steph's the bridge between the bad and the good. Don Nelson drafted, not that Don Nelson was bad, but that was the right. other era. And then he, you know, he made that a good investment for Joe Lakin. Then Jerry West came in and brought in Clay Thompson, who was the perfect sidekick for, but I'm just saying, Steph was kind of like, he made it all possible here. And I think that's, when you talk about Steph's legacy, the fact that he was on one team, the fact that he, that that in the NBA, these stars have such a big role in putting teams together, and he's actually pretty good at it, as opposed to LeBron, who's put together some ridiculous teams on the Lakers, including this current one with Russell Westbrook. Like, come on. Like, LeBron still hasn't figured out that floor spacing matters in 2022. He's constantly putting teams together that have no shooting. And but Steph gets it. I'm just saying. His 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 other teams are were pretty good, though. I mean, the... I think as we're seeing this whole thing in Brooklyn play out, I mean, we have to start giving LeBron. Traded Wiggins for Kevin Love, though? That, was, that wasn't good. But it worked out. He won a championship in Cleveland. He, yeah, he, but never because of Kevin. He beat the Warriors. It, he beat the Warriors. Kevin didn't do anything. I went to college with Kevin. Kevin, when he was at – I call him Kevin because he's a year younger than me. He was there. Kevin had my look. We both – this was 2007, and we both had the uh, the chin strap. It's a terrible time. But he stole my look. I I, I – I maintain that he saw me on campus. He was like, oh, I want to look just like him. Kevin, I'm on to you. He was he was solid with the with the Cavaliers. The he couldn't during, defend during, anyone during that time. No. He was but so bad on defense, as opposed to Wiggins. He did he did have what you just said was spacing because he could he could hit threes outside. Yeah, you're right. But anyway, but Kevin. Don't you think don't you think it what this whole thing with that's going on with Kyrie actually makes LeBron look better because LeBron's like the one guy that was able to actually win with Kyrie everywhere else Kyrie goes it's a dumpster fire hmm. LeBron's legacy is pretty ironclad I mean if he's not the greatest player of all time he's in the conversation he's had the most longevity of any great player ever um to me I, I yeah I mean him Curry LeBron him uh, Jordan Bill Russell those four pretty much the Mount Ruth, Rushmore of basketball in my opinion maybe I'm too high on Curry because I'm local here but I don't know I don't know. I think the I think what you can say about LeBron and Curry, though, probably you couldn't say about Jordan. I think both those guys are more uh, do more for the community, or more about the community. Jordan does, I think, more stuff now, I guess. But um, now that they're actually playing, like both those guys, by all accounts, like Steph and Steph and LeBron are very good with that, on that aspect of you know handling uh community relations being very good with um stuff outside the nba yeah i just feel like steph kind of gets a little bit of the kobe treatment because he never left the warriors there's something about that kobe never left the, the lakers lebron's been on a bunch of teams and not that it takes away from his legacy but i think for kevin durant it takes away from his if I you mean, don't yeah if you I think, won in three different places kevin didn't it's like right. what are you looking for yeah and then and then lebron LeBron really didn't attach himself with like people that think the world's flat and you know things like like you know what I mean like like, you like can you attach yourself with you know can you prove that it's not do you have proof yeah I mean pretty much there's there's plenty of people that try to prove prove you that 
than it is. Like, the, go on if you go on YouTube, they, you know. They'll... <laughs> Jeez. All right. Anyway, homegrown championships. It's a laughable idea in the NFL because what was the Niners' last championship? Steve Young, Deion Sanders, Ken Norton Jr. The Rams won. The Rams won one last year with a bunch of with a bunch of guys that were homegrown. The Bucks won it with Tom freaking Brady. Yeah, I mean, are the Rams supposed to like apologize because they won a Super Bowl with Matthew Stafford? Like he's right. never draft them. So, and if 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 Jimmy Garoppolo was like a top five quarterback, I don't think Niners fans would be like, oh man. Like we gotta get a different quarterback because he's not homegrown. Like you know, like and this to me is a basketball conversation, and basketball is always like needlessly wrapped up in legacy. And there's no like they just move the goalpost constantly. It's one week it's about Finals MVPs, as if that fucking matters. Like that's voted on by the media. Who? Well, since when is that the end all be all? I mean, and it's only for certain players. It only mattered for Curry, but like Magic Johnson, there were times. I mean. There were times when Kareem was the finals MVP or James Worthy was the finals MVP. No one cares that Magic wasn't the finals MVP every single time. Yeah. When, who cares? When Iguodala won that, it wasn't like – That was a joke. Right. It wasn't like, oh, Iguodala is the best player on the Warriors. Like, no. You know, like, <laughs> no. It was um, like, oh, his defense was invaluable. Yeah, but LeBron still averaged like 35 points a game in that series. So what are we talking yeah, about? And, and Le- yeah, and I mean, look at all the times LeBron – like the years that LeBron has had. He hasn't won – hasn't he only won one league MVP? Mm, I think he's won two. I think he's won two. Let me see. That that's Kobe who only won one. Kobe won one because Nash won two. Hold on, LeBron James. What did you do? Overview. I don't know, man. I'm getting nervous. No, he's a four-time MVP. Oh, no, yeah. man, his his resume is legit for sure. But but I mean, you you could theoretically look at LeBron and, and think that he could have won that he could have won that shit like eight times. Yeah. I, no doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, his legacy is going to be longevity, man. He's going to be doing this till he's 40. I almost in this, almost in this series, this past series, I was thinking like, are they going to give the MVP to Andrew Wiggins? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know why the NBA wants to downplay uh, Curry's legacy so much. He's good for the league. Yeah. He's great for the league. I mean, they, they played up uh, bird and magic so much in the eighties and made those two larger than life. Like, why would you do that for Curry? Right, like, you do it for all your stars. He's a great. He's a great. Like, why wouldn't you want to put guys like LeBron and Curry like as your face of the league? Those guys don't get in trouble off the court. Like, I don't follow like professional soccer in Europe, but do they do this stuff in Europe? Like, Messi's not that great. He's not as good as people say. Like, everyone just worships these guys over there, right? I don't know. Probably, I would imagine. Cristiano Ronaldo is overrated. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they did make that fucked up statue of him, right? Like, remember that? <laughs> hey, real quick before we leave, whose side do you fall on? Uh, Skip Bayless or uh, Russ Westbrook? Skip Bayless or Russ Westbrook? Uh, you know, I think you're allowed to call a guy a nickname, man. I think you're allowed to make fun of someone. Yeah, sorry. Like, I th- I just think people I think in general players are starting to get super sensitive about 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 media and and things. Like I said Westbrook flashed on uh, like like fans in the stands before too. He's yeah. always getting mad at people. People say to him, "What is it going to be like the like like tennis soon where you just have to watch in silence?" It, it's Sir, not- they're playing basketball right now. In regards to Skip, like you, if you watch, like ninety percent of his takes, you can figure out why he has this, why he has the takes. Like, let's look at West, Russell Westbrook. 
okay, why doesn't he like Russell Westbrook? Why? Because he's he's an Oklahoma City guy, and he feels <laughs> some type of way towards Russell Westbrook. He's, he's been he. Not that I follow Skip, but I mean, he's been, you know, ripping on Westbrook for 10 years since back when he was on Oklahoma City. I just feel like Skip gets a lot of hate, but what he says is pretty tame. I mean, is he that much different than Colin Cowherd? This is the thing. Like, Draymond is going after Skip all the time, you know? You work for Colin Cowherd. You're the same. What is the deal? Where is your moral high ground here? I don't understand that at all. They're the same, except Skip's from Texas or whatever. Money changes your moral high ground, and that's where he's getting. That's you know, where Draymond's sitting there acting like there's a difference, or that he doesn't understand the implied, uh, you know, hypocrisy of it. Right. You're working for you're putting cash in Colin ba- Coward's bank account while saying that Skip Bayless is immoral. Like, well, come on, dude. Hot takes are the thing of the past. You work for Mister Hot Take. Yeah. You give hot takes. I do like I do like Shannon Sharp though. That's he's hilarious. Shen's we have a couple. Be. We have a couple things, and then we'll go. Double B Studio says, "Shout out to your pops who keeps it real." Also, with Jimmy gone, who's going to take his place in conversations? Trey, the defense, the offense. Who's going to take his place in conversations? What do you mean? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. I will. I will be his designated speaker. Joseph West the Third says, "Grant, I've been enjoying your content for about a year and a half. This is off to- today's topic. Is 49ers coast to cup? Do I-, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Stop asking me about who I'm working with." I haven't decided who I'm working with. If you here's a, I'll answer it for you. If you guys watch his show this week, you'll find out who he's working with, and then pretty much, and then you'll. I'm not trying to talk bad about anyone I've ever worked with. Please support all those people; they're great. Anyway, that's all I gotta say. Bringing in some new faces this year, and it's not personal. Um, thanks for watching. Hold on, Double B Studio says if the Niners win the Super Bowl this year because of Trey, does he deserve a statue at Levi's like Eagles did? for uh nick Foles, um i think they'll probably wait until he retired but it would help in statue conversation yeah <laughs> i mean that you you guys as niner fans could probably answer that i mean would you feel justified if, if giving him a statue probably so i mean whoever he would go a long way yeah he I would think... probably be in the you know yes i would have to think that he'd probably be in the running for one is trey eating free in the bay area if he wins a super bowl championship they always say eating free. Do, do anyone really eat free? I don't, I don't think so. It's like not anymore. I don't think so. Plus, plus if you're plus if you're like a millionaire, like why are you giving them free food? Like they, should, you know. That is the thing about yeah. like, dude, you're you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars and you're saying like little like that. Yeah. Uh, here's thanks thanks. Like high high school player high school players like yeah feed them give them free food like and remember the Titans like Titans eat free but but uh professionals like no they should be paying for that yeah thanks for watching the show thanks for being here coach we'll do it again soon you got it take care all right